0: Thanks for listening to the Healthy Church Podcast with Larry Barker and Drew Klein. The Healthy Church Podcast is an honest conversation about what it means to be part of a healthy church. There are no perfect churches because they're all filled with imperfect people led by imperfect leaders. But by God's grace, we can begin to dialogue about what changes can be made in our lives as leaders and in the churches we serve in order to better love God and His people For more information and other resources, go to HealthyChurchPodcast.com. Hey
1: everybody, thanks for joining us on the Healthy Church Podcast. Larry, it's good to see you, my brother, and and we have a very special guest. Why don't you introduce us today?
2: Uh, We do have a special guest, and uh, this is Chris Yeager, and here in a minute I'll let him tell everybody uh, what he's doing now, Um, but has planted a church out in New York, planted a church in Mississippi, and now is in a brand new role. But first, I want to share stories of when he was a teenager and I was his youth pastor.
1: Don't you think I should, Drew? It it sounds like blackmail material. I like it. Let's get into it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, usually when I meet people from my past, I make a deal with them. If you won't tell stories, I won't yeah. tell stories. Amen. It's just yes. Yeah, it's a it's a good setup. But no, Chris is from Flint, Michigan. I was on staff at Cornerstone Baptist Church way back in the dark ages. And uh, is this when you had an when, afro? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I had more hair. Let's go there. <laughs> uh, but like 1988, then. It's interesting. Moment. Chris eventually became the pastor there, didn't you, Chris? How
3: cool. I, did. I did.
2: Yeah. I don't know if they cool.
3: will uh, agree to that anymore, but I was. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you were there to pester them, at least. Absolutely. If not them,
3: you know? Yes, absolutely.
2: So, okay. Chris, tell us about, I mean, introduce your family to us and tell us about what you're doing right now and your role uh, with the BMA in
3: Mississippi. All righty. Um, I've been married for 29 years to my high school sweetheart. Uh, her name is her nickname is Dee Dee, um, and we've got four kids and a daughter-in-law. So Charity is 25, Samuel is 23, and married to Carolyn, and they've been married for two years now. And they are taking over the role of the church that we planted in Meridian. He is now the lead church planter. And um I've got a nineteen year old that's at William Carey, Carissa. She is an art major. And then I've got a thirteen year old, Titus, and he is my science nerd. So uh he loves he loves anything NASA. So um that's uh that's my family. And we are hey, let me
2: stop you for a second, Chris. Yes, sir. Drew, you haven't lived till you meet Titus and have a conversation with him. <laughs> I'm telling you, that is one neat young man.
1: Yeah, uh, I love it.
2: And if uh, if you like to talk, Titus is your guy because yes. he likes to talk too, doesn't he, Chris?
3: Absolutely, and he'll give yeah. you the most randomest facts that you've ever cared to know. And even I if you didn't him. want to know them, he'll make you know them. So, right. Um, well, yeah, that's great. That's, and so here I am uh, now for the past 11 months as the missions director here for the state of Mississippi, the BMA of Mississippi, and um excited to serve in this capacity with the, the planters that we have here, uh, as well as beginning a whole new venture uh, with uh church health and church revitalization. So we're really excited about what God is uh opening the door with in our and our state association.
2: How many church awesome. plants do you have going right now?
3: Right now we have 3. We have yeah. one in we have the one in Meridian, one in the Kill, Mississippi, and one in Buckatona, Mississippi. So and then we also have um six Hispanic plants. Awesome. And churches going on at one time as well. I think with two more on the way, so we're excited about that. Praise the Lord!
2: That is that's great. Well, we I asked you about a week ago. We'd love to have you on here. I just wanted to. You sent me a document some time back when you and I kind of started collaborating on some of these things, and and uh, I just. Uh, think I'll back up for a second. Tell us about the conference, first of all, last week, and what's your heart and vision behind the conference that uh, Dr. John David Smith and I helped you with last week?
3: Oh, it was a phenomenal conference, not because we put it on, but because what got accomplished through it. Um, We had... um, uh, a North and South Mississippi uh, conference where we basically Mon- Sunday, Monday, Tuesday did the South Conference, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday did the North Conference with a whole goal of introducing our churches here in Mississippi to the concept of revitalization. We are phenomenal, as you can hear, about planting churches in Mississippi and sending missionaries around the world. I mean, we have partnered with our a National Association um and sending out missionaries M- mississippi has a heart for missions and um so we're really good at um uh, planting giving sending um but we really haven't put an emphasis on our own personal health within our churches here in mississippi and so uh we set we set this conference aside asked brother larry and asked uh, brother john david to come and and just keynote for us and uh, give us some, some concepts about, uh, the man leading the ministry of revitalization, some, some good questions to ask about revitalization. Um, uh, we dealt with, uh, reaching your Jerusalem and, uh, the, the church health and, um, all sorts of different things. Also, we put on some, in our breakout sessions, we put, you know, things that will help the average layman with, uh, evangelism discipleship we had a ladies track we did all, uh just anything that we could to help church get a shot in the arm whether you're a pastor whether you're a, a ministry leader or you're even the average church member to be able to come in and get encouraged to get strengthened help your walk uh get developed um, and the Lord bless. I'm telling you, we had uh, for our first one ever doing something like that. Now, we've done conferences in the past and we've done uh, missions conferences in the past, but we've never done one that is a two and a half day non-business meeting um, conference um, where we really focus on development. And man, I'll tell you what, it was super cool to be able to hear our pastor's Uh, give me response, not just after the conferences, soaking in all of the information that they took, but going back to their pulpits and their people and start to begin to even infuse into their Sunday sermons uh, some of the things that they learned. And I'm just looking forward to what results that's going to produce as they start focusing. So Mm -hmm. a huge success, even though it was our first year the Numbers could have been uh, – we could look back at it and go, man, numbers could have been higher, but you got to start somewhere. And, again, it's a new concept in Mississippi, so it's one of those things that I think as we build and as the fire gets lit throughout the state, I think it could be go a long way.
1: Well, I just want to jump in and say how encouraged I am just to hear you say that this was a, a priority as a conference, the conversation about health, spiritual health, church health – personal health as pastors and leaders kudos to you for for wanting to uh, raise that standard in the church because it's so needed and uh, man i'm I'm thankful that the lord met you there and and is beginning a work in the hearts and lives of the churches that's beautiful man so excited about that thank you encouraging that yeah
2: yeah and chris um your heart was so apparent to john david and i and we we're talking about it in the office earlier today, uh, especially in the area of reconciliation, um, and 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 the importance of that. What what would you want the listeners to hear about this biblical concept? I know the passage pretty well now because I heard you preach on it twice <laughs> uh, and did an excellent job. But what would you say to pastors and leaders out there about now watch, I was listening about the word of reconciliation and the ministry of reconciliation. Look at that. All right. Yeah. Man, that's
3: impressive. Yeah. Uh, hey, anytime T- Two notes I'm, at least. I'm, yes, two <laughs> If anybody can remember one thing I preached, that's great. If they can remember two right. things, that's, yeah, that's another phenomenal. another
1: level. It's another level.
3: That is yeah, another anyway. level. Maybe I yeah. need to just start repeating the message so they get one each time. <laughs> there you go. There
2: you go. I love
3: it. Oh, man, I'm telling you what. I think there— there is so many things that we hit on and that you all hit on in this conference that were vital to church health. Um, but I think it's, uh, as the Lord led, as I heard what you guys were preaching and the Lord had been putting this uh, this truth of the word and the ministry of reconciliation on my heart for, for a month or two leading up to this conference, but I didn't know what would be Dealt with and how we would how it would fit and and when the Lord gave me the green light to to, to be able to preach that I know it's I know it's hard because so many of our churches uh, the undercurrent is is uh it's hurt it's it's uh, problems that have built up over time where again many times we don't even know what the initial problem was. But we're just frustrated with each other, and we won't reach across the aisle. We won't We won't reconcile. Uh, we'll let little things uh, drive wedges in our church, and we wonder why we don't have the power of God. And so, man, we needed everything that we were given last week at the conference, and it just gave me an opportunity to dive deep and hit on something that... Uh, my prayer is that we as churches in the BMA will talk more about, and that is that ministry and that word of reconciliation. The ministry is the work, the work of Christ, what he did on the cross. And he reconciled man back to himself by, uh, as what that word says, that the word reconcile, again, is that idea of exchanging something uh, of equal value, giving favor to and when you think about what Jesus did for us, there is nothing of equal value that he exchanged for. We deserve nothing of what Christ has given to us. I mean, the perfect son of God taking my place and the, a sinful, uh unregenerate man uh taking the place of the perfect son of God. And yet he did that willingly because... He declared it, that word of reconciliation, he declared it to be so, because he didn't, as the scriptures say, he did not impute unto us our our sin. And he could have. He could have declared it, but yet as verse twenty-one says, He made him to be sin for us who right. knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And so we we as Baptists, we believe that, we preach that. Man, we're evangelistic as missionary Baptists about sharing that ministry and that word of reconciliation. But what we fail to do is exemplify what Jesus exemplified for us. We don't show to one another that favor. We instead of instead of exchanging like Christ exchanged for us, we expect them to meet us somewhere in the middle where Jesus didn't meet us in the middle. He came all the way to us. And and if we can get that idea that in our churches, if we want the world to uh, see Jesus, they need to see it in us. That's what first John says. That's what Matthew five teaches us that, that the, that the brotherly relationship is a picture of the love of Christ, and if we can't prove the if we can't picture the love of Christ and exemplify it even towards our brothers and sisters in Christ, what makes the Word or the world think that they're going to listen to any words or uh testimony that we have? One of the verses that caught my attention is that verse in chapter six, and I think it's verse three or verse four, where it says that the ministry that ministry of reconciliation be not blamed or discredited. And how many times do we discredit as a church by our actions, by our attitudes, by our testimony within the, con- in the community of what's going on in the local church? And so they don't hear Jesus. They only hear our, our drama. And if we can reconcile, man— what power that's going to bring to the church, what opportunity for revitalization, how we can work together and strive together for the faith of the gospel. And so that's just a burden. And my prayer is that, man, if, if, if even if the 30 churches or 40 churches that we had represented would gain a hold of that, I think that would begin a uh, just a domino effect in our, in our association. Beautiful. Man,
2: Chris, that's awesome. And this is probably a mic drop, and but here we go. I heard a guy years ago say, Baptist plant churches like alley cats. There's a lot of screaming and fighting in the night, but in the next few days, there's more churches. You know, there's more. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you kind of go, ouch. Uh, but man, you got to lead by example. And we as leaders have got to lead in reconciliation. And, and Drew, I know you weren't there, but that's what Chris was. Hey, we don't wait for them to come to you. Don't wait for them to come halfway. Go to them and let's, let's practice this because let's not discredit this ministry by what others see. But what do we, I'm not going down there to that church. All they do is fight and argue and, and split and have this and have that. And then the other thing we talked about leadership, speed of the leader, speed yeah. of the team, you That's know? Right. And so if we don't, uh, practice it and promote it and people don't see it in us, why in the world do we expect, uh, our people to act that way?
1: Right. Correct. Chris, I'm just wondering, cause I don't know you that well. This is the first time we've met. I'd love for you, maybe to just give us a little background for for you and and the churches that you've shepherded and and been a part of, where reconciliation or restoration or replanting or something that you you're doing now in your work has kind of led you to this, and how what you've learned in that.
3: Well, I've I've been a lot of a part of church plants, and so the the blessing of that is that revitalization and uh, reconciliation almost happen on the the front end instead of the back end in church plants hmm. uh, because a lot of times in a church plant if you have somebody coming over they're coming from a church and again the goal of a church plant is not necessarily transfer growth but you can't stop that from happening that's hmm. not the goal but that's gonna happen and so the beautiful thing about a church plant is uh, you're creating the DNA in that church plant and so your goal is, Yes, you want everybody come, but you're not going to just have everybody in. Uh, everybody coming is everybody's welcome, but you got to be careful of at the beginning of a church plan, it's an infant. You can't you can't just let every everything in, and I say that meaning that there's going to become people bringing baggage and problems and and anger and angst and issues from other churches and they don't want to they don't want to deal with that. They want to just leave that church and then bring it over and I, and I know I've heard you guys say that you're not joining we're not joining you, you're joining us. Right. And they want to they want to bring with them that uh, the, that baggage and put it on a infant church and that can kill an infant church. Yeah. And so a lot of times as a shepherd, I would look at him and say, "Hey, you know what? We want you here." We are most definitely want to, we want to minister to you. We have a vision for you. We want to disciple you and encourage you and help you grow. But before you can do that, you need to get reconciliate. You need to go reconcile. Mm-hmm. You need to leave your gift at the altar here and you need to go back and, you know, whether you are right or you are wrong, just make sure that that, that situation is taken care of. So when you come into this church plant, you're not coming in, bringing that, that baggage And, and it's, and it hurting or bringing down this church plant. So reconciliation many times was looking at them and saying, and I'll go with you, you know, as a, as a planter, I'll go with you and sit down with your former church or your former pastor and, and just see how we can get that reconciled and taken care of so we can move forward. And maybe you might even stay at that church once it's done, but yeah, that is that, that ability has been taken care of, um, this uh, the, another way is the the church that we that I, I pastored in Michigan um, did go through some difficult times. They went through the the uh, traumatic death of their uh, long term pastor. Uh, they went through uh, a church split. There was uh, some breakdown in the church, and there was. Getting there, it was in a it was in a rough spot. It needed healing, yeah. and one of the things that we had to do is is preach and help people see that we've got a bigger vision than uh, than just uh, dealing with all of that of the past. We've got to get past it. We've got to forgive, and we've got to go forward. And that means going across the aisle, talking to that person that you're mad about, and maybe they shouldn't have said that. But you know what? Christ has forgiven you. You forgive them. And I tell you what, you offer them that forgiveness. See how see how they respond. And you might be impressed about their response and asking for that return forgiveness. And yeah. and so um, just situations like that, that God has allowed me to be able to see what re, uh, reconciliation can do and what health it can bring to a church in that And if you're hearing a hum, I apologize. Outside of my office, there's a, um, my groundskeeper is (laughs) leaf blowing. So if that hum's coming through, I I apologize. (laughs) I thought (laughs) I was in a quiet room, but no, it followed. Well, Chris, I'll (laughs) just
1: mention this about what you're saying because what's so good about it is not only are you helping people deal with former issues of struggle or heart hurt or wounding or a lack of reconciliation, you're dealing with the future in your church of how they deal with reconciliation going forward. That's what's so healthy and beautiful about that is if you can say to them when they're coming in, hey, you need to get this straight now, then they know it's important to you while they're a part of your church. So whether they stay in the old church or come to your church, you're saying this is a high value to us, you know, that health and honesty, conversation, communication, all these things. And also I just want to say this i just appreciate uh your comment about the word you know just going back to the word because it's it really has been laid out for us yeah. I get overwhelmed at how God has, in his word, laid out this the uh, solutions for us as leaders, as church leaders, as pastors, if we just follow them, if we just do what he's asked right. us to do. But we often bypass that because we got a better plan and it doesn't work out. Yeah. And we go, wow, I wonder what we could have done, you know? And so I just, I'm encouraged to hear you say, just going back to the word and, and follow what God has given us as leaders.
3: Yeah, and I feel like sometimes church numbers become more important than church health. And we sacrifice the immediate for the – or sacrifice a long-term for the immediate. Mm-hmm. And what we miss is is that ju- not dealing with it on the front end, we're going to deal with it on the back end. It's just yes. where do you want to deal with it. I'd rather yeah. deal with it on the front end and then deal with it on the back end when it's a much deeper and much mm-hmm. uh, more intrusive problem for me um, and the church because – That's not going to just stay that surface level with him coming in. It's going to reach deeper into other families. And and you're right. If we'll deal with it like Christ told us to, it saves us from a whole lot of problems.
1: Really good.
2: It is good. And a little bit of leadership advice here. The thing that's always amazed me is a family's coming into your church, and they're talking about the last leader they were under. Mm-hmm. And why a light bulb doesn't go on in our head and go, wait a minute, if this isn't addressed and handled, that's going to be me yeah, before very long. It just is. And very because much. hurting people hurt people. We've heard that said, and I know it's overstated maybe, but uh, man, kudos to you. Do you want to tell your... Uh, being called to the principal's office story at all, Chris, because I <laughs> I loved that illustration because uh, it's a beautiful illustration of uh, changing this culture of reconciliation.
3: Yeah. So many of us, I, what I was sharing in the message is so many of us, um, when we get asked, I used them, uh, when I was at Cornerstone, um, uh, there was a fear in our people's part of going to the pastor's office. And so it was It was commonplace because I don't think of myself that much. I'm a fourth born. I'm a little bit, but a lot like brother Larry, where I am the guy that if, if there's fun to be had, I'm going to have fun. Um, I'm going to enjoy what I'm doing. And if I can't enjoy what I'm doing, then why do it? Uh, and so I'm a goofball. A um, uh, high energy, just wait a
2: minute, wait a minute. Drew. Did he just call me a goofball? Is that his... I'm pretty
3: sure I, I that's, that's, where that's where he's going with that? Yeah, he's, he's still going, I'm keep going, Chris. He's still I'm going, going? Yes. okay. Yeah, I'll let him go. he's uh, Drew's gonna put this on repeat for you.
1: I love it, Chris. Uh, okay? You're
3: right, you're right. Go on, so so I would I, the the funny thing was always going and asking a church member hey you want to can I meet you in my office real quick I just want to talk to you about something and to watch their face just become sheet white yeah. and fear like no wow pastor why is everything okay did I do something wrong and and my response in my in my ignorance almost was like what's the problem and they're like you're asking me to come to your office am I in trouble and i'm like no, do you need to be in trouble? Almost, and and I was. And my thought was always, do you not realize who's asking you? This is Chris Yeager. Who am I? You should not be afraid of me. But we almost see someone who cares for us and cares for our our, our ultimate benefit, our goal, and our spiritual walk. Even in something that may have been just a simple conversation, but yet not one to be done in public, needed to be done in private. Uh no correction or anything like that, but just connection um, yet cause us is, causes us to fear, and that fear almost paralyzes uh in in any aspect of 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 connection and so so often uh we we treat God that way we treat our brothers in Christ that way oh uh, we are oh uh, we we see anything that uh, that is going to be for our good many times for our evil there's a there's a paralyzing fear instead of a uh, uh that fear of God that's the beginning of wisdom and and so often we uh, any level of reconciliation is looked at as um, I'm afraid of that. I don't want that to happen. What bad is going to come? Um, or what are you going to think of me or something like that? And so, um, I, I use that illustration as a way that so often how we see God who has our best intentions for us, how we see our pastor who has the best intentions for us and really how we see a brother in Christ who ultimately we, where we could have just misunderstood and, uh, we should have the best intentions for each other to be able to help us to grow in our, and our, and our and our knowledge of Christ as we practice this uh, goal of reconciliation. So, uh, good stuff, really good. man.
1: Yep.
2: Um, I love that you use the how fear paralyzes, Chris, because it does, and I think we've we got to work on that, man. We're a shepherd. Uh, pastor's a shepherd. A leader's a shepherd, and that's someone who cares for the sheep. Now, I also understand purpose of a church is to care for you to be connected but also it is correction we can't deny that and those times are necessary but that correction isn't and i love how you said that it's it's because we care about them we want what's best for them uh, not the opposite years ago um, i was helping with a church camp in illinois we never had lifeguards so i thought Last time, we're not going to have a lifeguard. So I go to get certified as a lifeguard. I'm probably 25. And uh, and I grew up on the beach. I love to swim. And I'll never forget the stupidest question I ever got asked. And she goes, <laughs> what's the number one reason people drown? Now, I just want to tell you all, to me, I thought, it's got to be water. <laughs> I mean, doesn't it have to be water if you're I mean, drowning, or, yeah. or lack
1: of air. I mean, one yeah, of the two, something I mean, like on. that, yes.
2: I say they're going, and then finally I found out, you know what it is? It's panic. Hmm. The number one reason a will drown is they, they, they lose their head and they panic. Wow. And that's why this ministry of reconciliation, shepherding, caring, loving, uh, is so important because people are going to panic. I've had people tell me, I said, hey, can step into my office for a second? And they go, oh, am I being called into the principal's office? Yeah, yeah. And and so then I always want more backstory because I figured they probably were and that didn't go well. But anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, we've all been there and understand that. So I love that illustration. But that takes time. And leaders got to understand they've got to see, number one, that you love them, that you care about them. And and then you got to earn trust. And that just takes right. time. It, it just takes time to build that up.
3: Something that helped me with that is the most common passage in Scripture that yeah. everybody knows is Psalm 23. And when you get down to the end of it, it says, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's right. And when you think about a rod and a staff, they're corrective tools. You know, it's to keep the sheep from wandering too far away. It's to keep them close to the shepherd. It's to uh, it's used to pull them back. And, and yet the psalmist says of uh, the most beautiful picture of the shepherd to his sheep, that the rod and staff are used for comfort. And how many times do we as pastors and leaders take our rod and staff and not use them to comfort in correction? Because they're corrective but it's the end the end of the goal of our of our great shepherd is that we would come back to the comfort of his care. And mm-hmm. I just I, when I learned that and that I saw that I'm like man that changed the the view that I had of my position um and it caused me to realize that the most important thing that I can be doing in correction is bringing them to an understanding that in the presence of God is where their greatest comfort is.
2: Oh man. That's good good.
1: stuff. Really good. Uh, You mentioned something about the the Timothy ministry that you wanted to tell us about before we go.
3: Well, uh, do you want me to jump into the Timothy or the the plan of revitalization that we're looking to dive into in Mississippi?
2: Whichever you feel led to dig into, what would you like to share? What would you like everybody to know about first?
3: Let's jump into our hope of... What we're trying to introduce to our churches in Mississippi, and that is what we kicked off last week in our conference was uh, revitalization. And it's a, it's a, it's not a new term, but it's a, it's a new philosophy here. Uh, we've heard the term revitalization, but I don't know if we've ever in our, in our association of churches have ever made it an application. Um, and so, it is a buzzword that we are we're trying to say every chance we can get because we want to stir within the hearts of our our churches that uh, whether you're on the recline or the decline, uh, you don't have to stay there. That there's hope and something that I think that was communicated so brilliantly over the course of last week was that 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 constant truth is that every church has the opportunity and is the desire of their Savior. To bring them into uh, revitalization, so that they can live again. That God is not done with any church, and so we're bringing a we're trying we're going to be presenting to our association at our annual meeting uh, a three tiered level of revi- uh, three tiered plan of revitalization, um, and that first level is a uh, restorative level or a restoration level. And that is um, that is something that we'll take through the assessments that we'll work with our missions, our national office on uh, some of the assessments that they've they shared with us and even shared last week with. And we'll take each one of the each church that comes uh, and desires revitalization. We'll take them through an assessment and we'll determine are they at level one, level two, or level three. And level one is, as I said, is that restorative level, the restoration level, and it's really they've they're a church that find themselves. That in decline, but they're not at that uh, death level of decline. They're probably in that. They're probably midway into decline or at the beginning of decline. But yet, they have the the, they have uh, all the tools, so to speak, that they need. They just need the instruction and the guidance. And so we want to meet with them uh, and uh, go through that assessment. Have them see where their church health level is at and then begin to put together a plan that uh that we can come alongside of them and help them uh with uh with help them pastorally with uh training developing coaching um just a lot of what we would give our missionaries um and even to another level uh, that we're adding into our missions program and so be able to bring them into that give them that and then also come alongside of the church congregation and give them some some direction, some accountability uh to help the pastor as he's as he's leading them through reconciliation or excuse me, leading through revitalization, that um uh looking at those different aspects where they need to. And so it it's more of an instructive thing than it is a um then it is a truly hands on. The church is there. They're ready. They've got the pastor. The pastor's ready. So we're just going to come along and bring that re- restoration back to incline, um, uh, in their church and help them guide them that. That second level is the revitalization level. And that is a level that is, um, uh, they're a little bit farther down on that, that healthy church level of decline, uh, maybe they have the pastor maybe they don't uh maybe they're um that pastor's uh bivocational and so uh unable to devote full time to the restory uh the rest or re- excuse me the revitalization now i got restoration in my head and i can't <laughs> get it out but um uh that revitalization and so um uh, knowing that it's going to take a a huge amount of labor. Um, our goal is, is to be able to partner with them to help them financially on the, the pastoral level, bring a level of accountability to the pastor, to the church, and work with them just as we would work on that restorative level. We're going to work on the revitalization level and give them that training, that development. But because there's a financial commitment, now there's a heftier level of accountability. Um, and so we'll we'd we'd assess them, determine where their strengths and their weaknesses are at, and then uh begin that instructive and how- uh working them towards revitalization and then the third level is where we find our churches where they're in full and almost full descent decline um uh, to the point where they're unhealthy, and maybe it's time for not—they're res- they're beyond restoring. They're beyond revitalizing. They're in the need of replanting, and um, and they're financially unable to sustain a pastor. They're financially really at the point where uh, they may have money in the bank, but they're uh, that uh, not enough to, to do something that's going to— uh, bring life back to the church. And so then would go through assessment processes of of getting a missionary in there or uh, taking them f- to full replant of uh, kind of like what drew kind of like what you did um, in your in your ministry with which um, with temple and and uh, pretty much taking the church and uh, letting it letting the former die, uh, which is hard to do. Um, because like what brother John David said, there's a loss, you know, there's some, they're going to feel that loss, but, uh, that death to bring life and, yep. um, kill that former church so that a fresh start can be made. And that sounds strong words, but, uh, the ability of, of being able to have that replant that relaunch that fresh start. So you're not, you're not carrying all that, uh, All that death that comes with it, and so, um, and then rebrand. And I hate to use the marketing term, but um, because we're not marketing a church, but you you rebrand that church, you uh, give it a new name, you you give it a new vision, uh, you relaunch it to the community, and and so the community can see that this is uh, this church is ready to grow again. And um, and so those are the three levels that we're we're looking at. Uh, we'd love to bring into our churches and invest in them, whether it be time, whether it be some uh, some finances, or whether it be a full replant. Um, but to bring that health back to our churches, uh, because we've got a lot of them that are struggling. I mean, um, uh, it's not just in the BMA of Mississippi; it's it's churches across the United States. Yeah, and um, I want to. I, I I don't want to just throw my hands up and say you know what it's the it's the uh it's the story of our day and you know what that to me is just a challenge to say okay how can I how can I fix it you know um and and, and the cool thing is is I don't have to fix it uh, like you like we've said it's in the word god's already shown us and we've just got to put our hands to the plow in and go after it
1: yeah
2: hey drew i'll kick it to you to wind it up but i'll just say two things maybe three or four, but anyway, <laughs> uh, first we're gonna have to have you back, dude, because we do want to talk to the Tim about the Timothy Initiative and what you're doing there, because that's about leadership development, and yeah. um, and so we'll have to do that, and we'll arrange a time to do that. But I like what I read in uh, Sam Rainer's book on the health our church revitalization toolkit, I think it's called, and he said. Not all optimists are leaders, but all leaders must be optimists, especially right. in the church. And he doesn't base that on this, oh, I'm just an optimist. No, it's based on biblical hope. And I just want everybody to listen to me. If God can save any soul, and he can, yes. he can revitalize any church in any Amen. situation because he is able. And yep. and the last thing I'll say, I promise Chris, I'm so glad you're in that role. And I think God's got the right man in the right place, buddy. And uh, we're
3: praying for you. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, Chris, thank you for joining us. And I have to uh, say ditto to that. I, I agree. I'm excited about your heart and your vision for what God can do in those churches that are, that may be struggling in some of these areas that you mentioned. And, uh, and I'm, they're, they're special to my heart because of our story. And yeah. I do believe that God can do anything he wants to do. And, uh, but it does take, um, Men and women who are willing to say, "Yes, Lord, uh, whatever you call us to you know we'll serve you we 'll follow we 'll be on mission, and so that is our hope that those who are listening today, even if your church is in a situation that feels drastic or dire, that you know the Lord can resurrect any any church any life and uh, that's been our uh, that 's what we 've seen, and uh, we see him continue to do it in the lives of people in churches. So thanks for listening today to the Healthy Church Podcast. If we can help you, please let us know, info at healthychurchpodcast.com. And uh, Chris, we sure appreciate you being with us, and hopefully we can have you back again soon. We'll talk a little bit more with you about the, the Timothy Initiative and different things, but we appreciate you watching and listening today, and we'll talk to you next time on the podcast.
0: You've been listening to the Healthy Church Podcast, sponsored by Activate, a church health ministry of the BMA. For more information, resources, and other related topics, please go to HealthyChurchPodcast.com or find us on Facebook at Healthy Church Podcast.